0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Keys Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us as we continue on in a series that we're doing called Vineyard Verses. Vineyard Verses. And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at passages of Scripture and we're breaking them down a verse at a time, a week at a time, and I'm encouraging you to memorize them. Uh, And I think it's important to have Scripture sort of available to us to help us as we move through our days. And I, I believe these, these passages that we're going over are foundational to the Christian life. And we, we started this series and we looked at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. And I said to you, I just, it's critical, I think, it reminds us of the access we have with God now, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that that's made possible because God sees us in Christ. and it, reminds us of His amazing grace and it reminds us that we have lives of purpose and that make a difference and, and we're to encourage others along on the journey and, and actually think about how we can help them on this journey and there's a lot of amazing stuff in those verses. So we spent the first seven weeks of this series looking at those verses and then um, last week we started on this new passage of scripture, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And um, my hope is that as we go through these You would start to memorize them as well And Last week we looked at Philippians 4.4 4, Rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again, rejoice And we, we talked about um, what it means to rejoice And how it's possible always and, and you know in the midst of all sorts of circumstances And it's not a pretend thing It's, a, it's the understanding you know of who God is And that that ultimately nothing is, is better than, than the relationship that you can have with Jesus. And, and that having that sort of um, everything else begins to sort of pale in comparison. And not that we can't enjoy um, all that God has created. But there's just something about understanding that at the heart of it is Jesus that begins to change things in our lives. Today we're going to move on to verse 5 in just a moment. And uh, talk about our gentleness being evident to all and what that means and uh, we'll get there in just a second, but that's the intro transition. I always do a bad joke or two. Maybe, maybe you heard, did you hear about the new restaurant that's on the, on the moon? Uh, the, apparently the food is great, but there's, there's just no atmosphere. That's bad, right? This other, this one, it's not really even a joke. It says, can February, March? No, but April, May. That's really bad, right? It reminded me of a different one. This is no extra charge. If April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. The answer is pilgrims. May fl- Okay. Whew. I think I'll leave that one off for tomorrow and just stop where I was. That was extra. <laughs> pilgrims, Mayflowers. No, yes, no one of those delayed things? I don't know. Philippians 4, 4 through 8 is what we're going to talk about over the weeks ahead. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such. Thanks. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So today what I want to do is I want to look at Philippians 4-5 together. And uh, and, and Philippians 4-5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And, and really, Paul is connecting what we talked about last week, which is being full of joy in the Lord, um, with this idea of being gentle that he um, instructs us in this week. And, and the idea is when we're truly rejoicing in the Lord, when we get it, that that's the best thing possible, that that, that relationship we have, and there's nothing that's better than that, um, that one of the results should be this gentleness. Uh, that comes out of us. When we understand that the Lord is near, that He's with us, that He's for us, and all that He's done, and these things that we've been talking about, one of the changes that should happen in us is that we become a more gentle people. Uh, and, and it's a result of His presence in our lives. It's, it's like it's very hard to be selfish and rude when you're experiencing His new and living way in life. It, it, it should begin to make a difference. And so, the, this idea of rejoicing and gentleness demonstrates uh, a, a change in focus uh, on the internal over the temporal, the eternal over the temporal. And so, the idea of gentleness, you know, and it's, it's really something you have to think about, it means at times um, losing arguments, it means giving up what we sometimes have our, our so called rights, it means. Sometimes forgoing the last word. It means sometimes letting others get their way. All of that is wrapped up in the idea. But understand, that's not normally what we think about in the way that we want to do things. Uh, how many of you like to get the last word in? Even if it's under your breath. Come on, that's all of you then. <laughs> Even if you only think it and don't say it. Um, we're, we're sort of like that. How many of you, how many of you, you know, honestly, we... We get upset because we, we, we just think, well, that's, you know, I have a right. You know, we, we get, uh, I always tease about my driving thing and people that don't merge when they're supposed to and why that upsets me is it's just not right. And yet, here's this, here's Paul saying, let your gentleness be evident to all. I'm, if if you've ever been here on a Sunday morning, you know, our parking lot is ridiculous on Sunday, it just is. There's, I, I just, I can't, we have an acre of ground that I'm not allowed to do anything with because there's... They, they said it's perfect habitat for a frog that they could never find 20 years ago. So it sits there untouched. And we, we just are cramming these cars in on Sunday, and they're parking up and down the street. And So I actually took this verse, and it's on a big banner. If you ever see it, if you, you may not. Uh, you, we call it Saturday night, our easy park service. Because um, it's not an issue if you come on Saturday night. But Sundays is like that. And then so the, it says there, I put it on a big poster, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Because the parking lot can be a little stressful. Sometimes it can bring out the worst in people. And it's like, oh, okay, don't. Um, we were at a meeting the other day and we was talking about that situation and they said, well, what do you do about it? I said, I ignore it because I can't fix it. So I don't know that that's either the answer, but anyway, I put a big sign up that says, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Um, but this idea of gentleness has gotten like a really bad rap in, in our culture, in our society um, in this verse, the word means to be gentle, patient, and moderate. And yet, uh, in our culture, in our society, people often think that gentleness is a sign of weakness. And, and um, it's, it's rarely considered a virtue uh, in, in a society today that has unfortunately lost sort of uh, its civility in a lot of ways. And And we tend to see being right as giving us the right to behave badly, to manipulate others, to be rude, to even be offensive. Um, that's where we're at culturally now. We just think that that's... If we think we're right, then everything else is off the table. Uh, and, and our culture, i got to tell you, our culture is wrong about gentleness being weakness. Because it's just not. It's actually a tremendous demonstration of the strength that we have in the Lord. Um, look at this encounter that Elijah has with God in 1 Kings 19. 11 through 13, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? See, that was, that was God in the midst of all that. God is, is gentle with all His power, power that has made all the universe and holds all things into being, power that spoke it all uh, into existence. Um, there's, and yet there's nothing in the world as gentle as, as God is. And we see this gentleness of God modeled... In the life and ministry of Jesus. Now think about it. He cares for the lost. The, he cares for the down-and- outers, the broken, the sick. Uh, he sees them, and he, he brings the kingdom to them, and he, he shows them how they may enter. Uh, he's the picture of gentleness in a broken world. Uh, and yet, you know, he, his, his gentleness, though, wasn't a weakness, tremendous strength uh, that, that demonstrated that Jesus demonstrated. Uh, he, he, he took His disciples onto the Sermon on the Mount He begins to teach them and He's undoing everything they've heard. And, and in the midst of, of that Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, in verse 5, He says, Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. And I want to talk about that verse as we talk about this idea of gentleness today. Uh, and um, I'll sort of break it up in half. I want to talk about that first part. Blessed are the meek. And and that verse could actually be translated, joyful are the gentle. It ties in with what we've been talking about with Paul. Jesus taught it. Joyful are the gentle. Or, or gentle are the joy filled. Perfectly good translation of that verse. Blessed are the meek. Gentle are the joy filled. So, so we see our connection to rejoicing in the Lord always and this gentleness that begins to come out of us. And, and so, you know, here's a few ideas about what that looks like practically. So you can sort of know how you're doing on the scale of what it looks like. Point one in your notes. Um, how you treat people. Big picture of this. How do you treat people? Paul says in Romans 12, 9 and 10, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. So a great sort of way to look at this is how, how do you treat people? And and I mean, do people just sort of become the scenery and the machinery of your life? Or do you see them the way that God does as people that He, he loves with an extravagant love? So if we're not careful, um, we'll, we'll get this sort of tunnel vision and the people that we're, we're encountering are just part of the scenery of our lives. We don't really ever connect with them and they're just there to make our lives work. And, and the only time that we may even notice them is if somehow they don't, they're not doing what we think they ought to be doing and our lives don't work any longer. And then we we'll, we'll often get rude and, and, and maybe take things out on them. We, we'll take our frustration out on people that we, we never should take our... Um, we just had to be so mindful of that stuff, and you know, uh, and yet this whole idea where we where we get into trouble all the time. I, we were I was at winn Dixie. You know, I'm always talking about winn Dixie. I was at winn Dixie the other day. It was really busy, the busiest I've seen it in a long, long time. Nowhere to park, and and so I know this is starting to set people on edge, right? Because okay, first there's nowhere to park. Get to winn Dixie here, and then there's no shopping carts available, which is so you're hunting a shopping cart. And then there's never quite enough registers that we would like. You know, we would like to see, hey, if you have 10 registers, could you have them all open? Um, but understanding it's not possible here, you know, in the, the, way, the way things are. Um, and so the lines are backed up, and I'm watching people get really upset. And I'm like, this is just how it is. And you know, my, my standard response to that, where I've really learned to get relaxed in those things, is I'm not out trying to grow it or hunt it. I'm going to save time here one way or another. This is way quicker than what it would take to produce this same amount of food. No matter if I'm in line for an hour, it's a win for me. Uh, and yet, we're so used to things happening like this. that, And then who do you take? They, I watch people take it out on these cashiers, and I think, man, it's not their fault. You know, if, anyway. If you're going to take it out on the cashier, go to self-checkout and get mad at yourself. So, you know, so the people. how about people you work with? Do you take time to get to know them? How about the people in your inner circle? Um, is, is your relationship with them about you or about them? Great way to answer that. I figured this out. It has to do with um, if, if you're in, in relationship with other people, take a pulse on your frustration level. And if you're frustrated with the people around you, your relationships are more about you than them. It's what happens? So it's a really good picture of what it looks like and so you know we we talk about this it's not all about you let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near so you know you, you probably know I know with me when I'm not where I should be um, and I'm if I'm frustrated or more overdone uh, I tend to get very sarcastic but I try and do it in a way that people don't notice so it's like you, you'll, you'll be in a conversation with me and and it, I, I will just sort of cut you all over the place and you won't even know what happened um, until later and you go, wow, that wasn't right. But, <laughs> but I know. So I, I really try and avoid that. I just, I just try and push that out. But but it's how do you deal with people in those situations? Two, how do you handle what you know? Or at least what you think you know. Paul says in Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and cover all these virtues uh, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. The big question here is, is, you know, are you teachable? Or do you think you have everything pretty much figured out? Do you have an opinion about everything? And, which is okay, uh, but at the same time, do you feel the constant need to interject that with everybody all the time? That, uh, uh, you know, do you think it's important to always prove yourself right? Do you ever stop and consider you might be wrong? That's a biggie. So you need to constantly sort of do that. Where you're thinking, hmm, I wonder if I'm wrong. And, and that it should be in the realm of possibilities that that might be the case every now and again. Um, do you think is it, is it more important To prove you're right Or to try and see where somebody else is coming from can you, can you agree to disagree with someone And still maintain a relationship These are all things we have to think about As it pertains to other people How do we, how do we handle what we know Or what we think we know This is a place where A lot of us will become Anything but gentle because it's impacting the way that we perceive things and we're so convinced we're right all the time that we just come off with a, with a harsh edge. And I, it's just way more important, I think, to, to try and figure out where other people are coming from. It doesn't mean you need to change where you're coming from. It just means you need to be settled in it enough that you don't have to make everybody... You just have to listen. It's the biggest deal. How you look at the world is point three. First Timothy six ten through 12. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and, and uh, pierce themselves with many griefs. But you, uh, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. All I think about that is, is and we talked about this earlier, are you more focused on temporary things or eternal things? And And See, it changes everything when we get our focus right. Our focus needs to be on the kingdom of God, on eternal things. Now, we live in a temporal world, and I don't mean that we, we, don't, we stop doing that, but, but do, you, you know, do you know that this is temporary? Temporal means temporary, and eternal is something you take with you forever. And do you, you, know, do you think about the difference? You know, the, the things that are eternal, listen, are our relationship with God and our relationships with people in relationship with God. That's what's eternal. Everything else is temporary. And so, what should really be the most important things in our lives? We get that right, and then everything else He takes care of. Now, again, it's not saying that it, we live in a temporary world, and, and, you know, that's part of the deal. But, where's our focus? Because it changes everything. Jesus says, you know, Matthew 6, you know, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And, and so, that's a significant deal. So, if we're consumed by temporary things in the temporal, um, we will not generally be gentle people. We'll sort of begin to think that's what matters more than anything and it, it, it just gives us an edge. So, I think all of those things are just areas that we can practice being gentle in. That's what I would encourage you to practice. Being gentle in those areas. Practice in your relationship with people around you and relationship with people you meet. Practice with cashiers at the Winn-Dixie and dixie you and know, people at the McDonald's and waiters and waitresses. and you know, Practice being gentle people. Uh, and And uh, you know, with uh, um, right now, the, the whole time of year, it's all politics, politics, politics. We'll right? talk about practice being gentle in that whole process and, and, and you know, and, and sort of work that in. And in and, and your pursuit of things, make sure your focus is right in the process. Because here's uh, it, Jesus says something great. So that, you know, blessed are the meek, right? The joy filled or gentle, general, the joy filled. And he makes this tag. Uh, which is so cool, Uh, and he says, because their inheritance, blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. Wow, that's pretty cool, the gentle inherit the earth. What does that mean? And the word for earth there in the Greek, it means, you know, the soil, but it also means, you know, all the occupants of the earth. So so our inheritance, the, the, the inheritance of the gentle is the earth and all its occupants. And so if you're you're a church like ours whose mission is one more, this is pretty significant that gentleness actually ties into the mission that God calls us to. Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15, In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. There it is again. So, So in us has to be this gentleness that the world sees and and is attracted to. That's why it's so important that we live this life out as gently as we can. That's why, you know, I I, I kinda chuckle but I I would I would would hate to go to the Winn-Dixie and unload my frustration on the cashier and have the cashier show up for church on Sunday and see me up here. Right? That's why you're like, when I talk about driving, I would hate to be the person that blocks someone from coming in, even though they don't deserve it. And then they look over and they see it's me, right? And we exchange gestures or something. <laughs> Can, and I think about that. How would it be if they came to church? And guess what? It's a small place here. A lot of these people show up. But it's not just me they see. They might see you. And do you want to go, oh, yeah, that was you. Wow. Hi. Let me tell you about Jesus. Probably not. So that's how it ties together. And that's why it's so important. And so we think about this. You know, that This is why these verses are critical. Le- le- rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Because the Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident. It's part of our mission. It's part of who we are. Part of what makes us different. And so think about that this week and pray over those things and I hope you can incorporate those things we talked about into your life and that they'll help you uh, on this journey and I pray that they do. But that's where we're going to stop for today. Uh, If you need prayer, go to the website, please, if you're watching on video and uh, there's a place for you to put that in and we'd be happy to pray for you. Come and visit us when you get a chance. We'd love to see you